Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. It is 33 degrees and clear outside at 509 here in Northeast Pennsylvania. Well, it's that time in a new year again. Happy to bring on, uh, it's time for Do I Have a Case with attorney Keith Figured of Figured Law. Keith, thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show. Uh, my pleasure, Rob. I'm glad to be here the first show of the year. And, of course, I want to wish you and everybody at the station, all the listeners, a happy and healthy new year. Same, same. And we're going to continue. Do I have a case now? And if anyone has questions now or in the future, you just email robert.odonnell at odyssey.com and get your questions in. And we have a group of three questions today, Keith. You ready to go on them? I'm ready. All right. We have this... Uh, I have been stopped during a DUI checkpoint. I was not drinking, but due to having diabetes that affects both cognitive and physical abilities, I do not feel comfortable doing a roadside sobriety test. I realize that refusing may result in my license being taken. What are my options? If they arrest me for refusal and my blood work shows I was not drinking, do I have a false arrest claim? All right, so there's a couple things that are important here to um, knock one of the portions of that question out right at the beginning. Um, No, there would be no false arrest. Um, However, field sobriety tests are voluntary and completion of the tests are not required under law. However, in most instances, if a driver refuses a field sobriety test, they will most likely be required uh, to undertake a chemical test or to determine um, whether their blood alcohol level exceeds the, the limit. Now, in Pennsylvania, under implied consent laws, someone who drives in the state automatically consents to chemical tests upon being arrested for drunk driving. What that means is, um, is that by driving, you consent, and if you refuse to take that test, uh, specifically Pennsylvania, they have laws that if you refuse to take the blood or um, a breathalyzer, that they can actually suspend your license for a year, even if you're determined ultimately not to have been drinking. Um, The other thing is, is that some states also have enacted what's called a no refusal policy. Um, What that does is that allows law enforcement to immediately contact an uncalled judge and obtain a warrant to conduct a blood or alcohol test. Once they have that warrant, if the individual refuses, they can uh, possibly face serious punishment such as contempt or obstruction of justice charges. Now, uh, speaking specifically to the diabetes, and this is important, um, and I think for a lot of people, a lot of listeners understand is there are certain conditions, whether it be hypoglycemia um, under diabetes, if the blood sugar level is too low, um, where an officer can mistake signs of inebriation. Now, on the other side of that, there's hyperglycemia, where if the um, blood level is too high. Um, in those instances with diabetes, uh, sometimes it might uh, cause the development of ketones in their breath. So they're, not only might they have a, an issue doing the uh, sobriety uh, test, uh, the field check, um, but with regard to the, um, the breathalyzer, if you have a high level of ketones, that can also give a false positive on a, on a breath test. Um, 
other conditions that can cause problems are traumatic brain injuries, degenerative and neurological disorders, epilepsy, digestive disorders, and some medications, specifically asthma inhalers, can dispense large amounts of alcohol in the lungs, cold and cough medications that contain alcohol. So there are a number of instances in which you can have a false positive. Um, the best thing would be is to request that you have a, a blood test. I think that's the safest test to determine whether or not you are um, at or over the limit. And, and then of course, if uh, you are arrested and believe that you were improperly charged, you wanna speak with an attorney as soon as possible. All right, a lot, lot to unpack there. <laughs> <laughs> Try to get it out as quick as I could. No, no, no doubt at all. Uh, the, de <laughs> the details are good when it comes to something like this. And like, I, like we, this was just for diabetes, but I'm sure there's people who have you know neck and back injuries where their balance may not be the same. I mean, this, this can go for a lot of things, not just something like that. Absolutely. Uh, the next question is, uh, my widowed dad was, uh, had paid for a will naming me as executor. When he passed, I needed a lawyer to file court paperwork recognizing me as the executor at an additional cost. If the will is a legal document noting my authority, why the need to duplicate that? And is a will needed rather than a simple notarized letter stating I'm the executor? Okay, so um, of course, when you're dealing with wills and different things, it is complex and you should speak with an attorney. Um, but generally speaking, the rules for writing a valid will in Pennsylvania are very simple. You have to be 18 years old and of sound mind. It has to be created on paper, either handwritten or typed, and it only needs to be signed. There actually is no legal requirement for a will to be witnessed when signed to be considered valid. However, the problem arises when you need to probate that will because even though you might not have a witness to that will in order to prove the validity of that will at probate you may need to present witnesses um, at that time and that's what sounds like what may have occurred here now under pennsylvania law it does allow for the creation of what's called a self-proving will a self-proving will requires that you sign your will in the presence of two witnesses known as subscribing witnesses. Then you as the testator, the will creator, and they as the witnesses sign affidavits stating who you are and that you, that you signed your will in the presence of the witnesses. The process requires a notary who then notarizes your signature. Um, when you have a self-proving will, that is readily admitted to probate as a valid uh, as a valid will in Pennsylvania. Um, so if you proceed with a self-proving will, that is the best way to, I believe, avoid having to incur additional legal expenses and possibly have to have additional steps to prove the validity of the will, especially if it is challenged. And then of course, the duties of an executor are pretty um, extensive. Um, I would most definitely, if you're not familiar, um, with the duties of an executor, because if you fail to act uh, in accordance with the best interests of the state, you can be held responsible. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are involved as an executor, such as maintaining the property, continuing to pay, opening accounts, um, uh, doing an inventory. There's certain uh, items that might need an appraisal. So it is pretty complicated. And you if it is overwhelming, you would want to speak to an attorney, accountant, tax advisor, and you or or your or your parents' uh, financial advisors. Unfortunately, something we probably all have to deal with sooner or later. So, great advice there. Um, next question: My neighbor's tree 
with a base clearly on their property falls over with its top half on my property. No damaged, but they refuse to remove it as it's down by our woods. Uh, is it my responsibility to remove what's on my property? What recourse do I have? All right. So there's a couple of nuances as it pertains to this issue. And specifically now in Pennsylvania, a lot of people need to understand their rights and liabilities concerning hazard trees and property line laws, especially with the rapid infestation of the spotted lantern fly and the ash borer, which are killing a lot of the trees in Pennsylvania. Um, so to separate it into a couple uh, different instances, because this one, although it describes the tree, it's unclear whether or not whether it was known or should have been known to be a hazard, and that makes a difference. So if your neighbor's tree along your property line is a hazard, meaning um, you see the tree leaning, it's dead, you know it can fall, in that circumstance, um, if the tree is a hazard and is along your property line, but is considered to be the neighbor's tree, you need to notify them immediately and request they remove it. If they refuse to do so, you can hire an arborist or to remove the portion of the tree that overhangs your property. You can then require your neighbor to reimburse you for the cost. Now, if that tree were to fall or cause damage, um, in fact, I mean, there's been cases where uh, people have been killed by falling trees and that neighbor can be held responsible if it is known or should have known that that tr tree was a hazard. Now, if the tree is not, uh, if the trees along your property line is not known to be a hazard, say a healthy tree, maybe like a, a very strong storm came through and blew it over. In that instance, there is no responsibility of the uh, neighbor. In fact, if the tree falls onto your property, you actually get, have to give him the opportunity to come over and claim their wood. Now, another circumstance is can you cut overhanging branches from your neighbor's tree? Um, the owner of a tree can cut it down or trim its branches without the permission of their neighbor at any time, but they, but they are also solely responsible for any damage that the tree causes to their neighbor's property. I think it was in the 90s that the Commonwealth Court ruled that overhanging branches <clears throat> and roots are considered a trespass, and neighbors whose property is being trespassed upon can remove the overhanging branches or roots. They can then sue the owner of the tree for the cost of removing the the branches or roots. And then the last one is if the dead or dying tree is directly on the property line, in those circumstances, you jointly own the tree with your neighbor and you are empowered to both share the cost of the tree's removal. Again, with the storm coming this weekend, it may be applicable to some people out in our area as well. Uh, great advice for those three questions. Again, you can contact me, email me at Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T dot O'Donnell, O-D-O-N-N-E-L-L at odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com for your questions out there for Keith Figured and Figured Law. Keith, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, if they want to consult with you or, or speak with you on situations they might be having, how can they do this? So, They can reach me directly at 570 they can also send me email at Keith at figuredlaw.com, and I can also be contacted through my website at figuredlaw.com. Great advice. Uh, again, Happy New Year, Keith. Uh, hopefully not too much snow for our area this weekend. <laughs> and uh, I'll talk to you again next week with some new questions. Same to you, my friend. Take care. Good. Take care, Keith. It's uh, 520 here. Another good segment. Uh, let's see. We got some text messages in here. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Listening to the news, these guys sound like they're half dead. Not our news. 
not our news at all. A question, uh, something that came up, and, and I was going to leave it. I, I can't leave this to next week. Um, the TSA director was arrested by U.S. Customs and Border Patrol Protection. Uh, yes, the TSA director, the person who runs the checks at the airport. Uh, this came across it this morning at 924. It was updated at 134. Yes, the TSA director, the person, you know, that frisks and searches us and checks our bags before we get on. Not, not the director, but their agency. The TSA director was charged with assisting in a forgery of documents transferring property from an elderly relative with dementia to herself and an accomplice. An official with the Transportation Security Administration, TSA, has been arrested on an outstanding warrant, according to local reporters. TSA Assistant Federal Security Director Maxine McNanaman was arrested in Atlanta by U.S. Customs and Border Protection. McNanaman had a warrant for her arrest posted by the St. Lucie County, Florida Sheriff's Office which claims she and an alleged accomplice named Delroy Chambers Sr. exploited a relative suffering from dementia by falsifying documents in their name, according to the St. Lucie police. The Florida authorities allege that the duo forged signatures in a quit-claim deed transferring ownership of property in the relative's name over to themselves. The relative whose property was transferred allegedly could not have signed the deed because the individual was found to have been in Atlanta on the date listed. Chambers was previously arrested on December 20th in Port St. Lucie, charged with two counts of exploitation of an elderly and disabled, that's her accomplice, uh, simple neglect, and two counts of forgery. He eventually bonded out of jail. She's facing third-degree felony charges for forgery, She was reportedly apprehended after touching down in Atlanta on an international flight. McNanaman has been employed of the TSA since November 2002 and held a management-level position at the airport, according to local reporters. TSA holds its employees to the highest professional and ethical standards. Uh, Did you hear this, Nikki? The director of the TSA was arrested by Border Patrol at the Atlanta airport for forgery. And no. basically signing over property from a dementiaed relative to her. Oh, um, interesting. 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 Yeah. But yet, uh, but, you know, they other... want to check your bags and you can't bring any more than three ounces worth of liquid on your plate. Yeah, we have a lot of people casting stones that uh, probably shouldn't in some cases. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I wore the proper I... shirt today. <laughs> I did. I, I almost wore mine, but I decided. See, we're opposites today. Mine says, believe there is good in this world. So to, to, put, to paint this picture for you, Nikki's wearing a T-shirt that says, believe there is good in this world. And I'm wearing a T-shirt that says, I hate people. <laughs> oh, don't so, worry. Monday, I'll be wearing my Grinch one that says, I hate people. Okay. After a weekend of uh, hopefully oh, no, on the, snow blowing and shoveling snow. Yeah, maybe I'll wait till Wednesday or Thursday to wear that. Usually Monday, go. I have my faith is restored somehow in humanity. And then... Um, by Thursday, at the very latest, <laughs> I am reminded. Well, it's 524. Time for traffic and weather. Mm. Well, it's not that bad out there with this, though. Not that at least. bad. Not as bad as your for- Oh, your forecast really isn't that bad either. It depends on your four to eight inches isn't for, really. For me, it is. I- I'm in the 10 to 12 inches. Okay. 
Am I in the 10 to 12 inch? Because um, I looked that up earlier and it didn't look. It said 19 centimeters where I was looking. You're over. So I'm not doing the math. 19 centimeters. What, what kind of weather are you looking at? Don't uh, ask me. I don't know how it got converted to that, but okay. Let me see. Um, Montrose is six to eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm in the six. Tunkanic, Tunkanic, six to eight. So I'm in between Montrose and Tunkanic, kind of in a little like corridor yeah. there. So I'm six to eight. I'm and, not getting. And Scranton is right on the border of six to eight and eight to twelve. All right. And what what is Luzerne County like? Look like. Most of Luzerne County is six to eight inches. Okay. All right. I like being with Luzerne County. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. It is quite bumper to bumper on William Street in Bidston. We have some slowing 81 southbound Dunmore to the Montage Mountain Road Davis Street exit. Uh, no major accidents, no major backups. It seems almost pleasant out there. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Thanks, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, increasing clouds, low of 24. Again, Saturday, snow, heavy at times in the afternoon. Anywhere between 11 and 1, they're suspecting it to move into our area. And again, it's going to be from east to west with this kind of storm. A high about 36. Four to eight is the average for our area. Again, if you're east of Scranton, on the east side of Lackawanna County, and east of that, you're looking at uh, eight to 12 inches. Um, Anything south or west, you're looking at a little less. Sunday, the snow's tapering off sometime between 11 and 1. High of uh, 37. Again, Take it easy. Slow and steady wins the race. If you don't have to be out on the roads driving, don't. Um, Got some text messages early from the Dunmore area saying ATVs are zipping around all over the place, you know, with the excuse of gassing their ATVs up for plowing or going through the snow, whatever it is. Uh, So be careful out there. If the police are out, you might get yourself in some trouble. But it is what it is when it comes to snow, right? It's a free-for-all usually, and to people who are looking forward to it. I'm sure the snowmobiles will be going crazy up by me as well. It's uh, 527 here at WILK, 32 degrees at your official weather station, WILK. Time for the NEPA Premium Perks. Enjoy this half-off deal for Montage Mountain Resort, the perfect weekend for it, especially with this snow we're supposed to get. Buy an anytime ski pass for $89 and get one free. Ski, snowboard, snow tubing at the best terrain in PA. Ski rentals available. Get lessons from the team of professionals at Montage. Montage Mountain Resort in Scranton. Visit GetMyPerks.com for all the details. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 533, 32 degrees and mostly clear. Looking at the uh, the weather here, I'm getting, yeah, it looks like the, uh, let me get the hourly up. Looks like the snow moves in. Actually, it's going to come in uh, about 1, anywhere between noon and 1 p.m. Steady snow all through the night. And it looks like it starts to taper off uh, with maybe even a little rain mixing in about uh, 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Now, if you go to the daily, 
It looks like it's going to be 45 and 48 degrees on Tuesday and Wednesday with rain. So whatever snow we get now on top of rain and warm weather, you know what that means. A mess and flooding. So uh, just prepare for the week. You know what's uh, going to be out there. And again, take it easy this weekend. Take a break. We can need to, need to relax. Jake, I'm getting some text messages about um, some sports coming up this weekend. What do we got uh, in store for us? Well, this is a very, very big week because it's week 18 in the National Football League, and that means the end of the regular season. And we have, as I mentioned on Nikki's show earlier, we have playoff implications galore, especially tomorrow. So the first game on tap tomorrow, 430, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. It's pretty simple what the Steelers need to do. They they need to beat Baltimore. John Harbaugh's already announced that Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham Jr., those guys, a lot of their starters, they'll be resting. So Pittsburgh, they have to beat Baltimore. And everyone's thinking, oh, yeah, it's their backups. But we, I've seen this movie before in 2019 where they got destroyed by Baltimore's backups the last week of the season. So, you know, you can't. Count count your chickens before they've hatched. My so. money's on if Steelers lose, Jake's yeah. going to Baltimore himself to remove Tomlin as the head coach <laughs> of the team. That's the my money's on. I'm, well, I'm taking I odds think, on that. I think the weather might get in the way of that. That's true. That's <laughs> the know? only thing that's going to save him, Jake. <laughs> yeah, he's lucky the weather's coming. Yeah, no losing seasons. So, anyway. So here are the the seedings that we have in both conferences going into the weekend. So in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens, they clinched home field advantage this past Sunday after they destroyed Miami. Miami right now, they're the two seed. Kansas City Chiefs, defending Super Bowl champions, they're the third seed. Jacksonville Jaguars fourth. Cleveland Browns fifth. They clinched a playoff spot. Sixth and seventh, the last two wild cards, we have Buffalo and Indianapolis, and the two teams still mathematically alive, the Houston Texans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. NFC side, as I talked about earlier this week, the San Francisco 49ers, they clinched home field advantage this past Sunday. Dallas Cowboys are the two seed, Detroit third, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fourth. Wild cards, Philadelphia Eagles fifth, Los Angeles Rams sixth, Green Bay Packers seventh, and the teams that are still mathematically alive, Seattle Seahawks, New Orleans Saints, Minnesota Vikings, and Atlanta Falcons. Now, tomorrow night, Houston Texans at Indianapolis Colts, it's a must-win for both of them. I mean, Houston or Indianapolis, whoever one, whichever one wins, I mean, it's definitely going to boost their chances, and whoever loses, they're, they're pretty much done. So in the case of Pittsburgh, like I talked about, they need to win. They need to have Houston and Indy not end in a tie. They have to have the Tennessee Titans beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. There is some speculation this could be Mike Vrabel's last game as head coach of the Tennessee Titans. I don't believe it personally. And then Sunday night, Buffalo Bills at Miami Dolphins. They have to have the Buffalo Bills lose to the Miami Dolphins, and Buffalo's had a pretty, pretty strong record against Miami ever since Sean McDermott became the head coach in 2017. So AFC-wise, I feel like Pittsburgh can win. I just don't know if it's going to be enough to get in. So my predictions on the AFC side, the seating will look like Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City, Jacksonville, Cleveland, Miami, and Houston. Now, NFC-wise, so Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, they're both playing at the same time on Sunday, 425. If the Dallas Cowboys win, they're NFC East champions. But if they stumble, then it goes to Philadelphia. And 
Tampa Bay, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Tampa Bay, they have to beat the Carolina Panthers. Otherwise, they could be out. So I feel like Tampa Bay will take care of business there. I think probably the most interesting thing is when it comes to the 49ers and the Rams, it's going to be backups galore in, in that game. You have Sam Darnold starting for the 49ers. You have Carson Wentz starting for the Rams. Here's the interesting thing. If the Rams win that game, they're the sixth seed. If they lose that game, they fall all the way down to seventh. And, and the reason I bring this up is if the Rams, if they stay at sixth, they go to Detroit, Matt Stafford's old team, Jared Goff going up against his old team and his old coach when there's talk that they didn't exactly end on the best of terms. But if they lose and they fall all the way to the seventh seed, they have to go to the Dallas Cowboys. And Dallas absolutely destroyed the Rams on October 29th to the point that everyone thought Matt Stafford was washed up after that game. So ultimately, I feel like the way the seeding is going to go as far as the NFC, I'm going to say San Francisco 49ers, Dallas Cowboys, Detroit Lions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Philadelphia Eagles, and ultimately the Green Bay Packers. All they have to do is beat the Chicago Bears, which they've had a strong history of lately. So I say it will be Green Bay Packers as the sixth seed, Los Angeles Rams as the seventh seed. And like I've talked about before, ultimately I feel like the Super Bowl matchup February 11th in Las Vegas, I still feel like it will be San Francisco versus Baltimore. And of course, when it's the last week of the season, there's also, you also have to talk about Black Monday, as they call it. I feel like, there, unfortunately, there are going to be some coaches that are going to be fired. Ron Rivera in Washington is a name that, that definitely comes to mind. I think of Arthur Smith in Atlanta. But as far as Sunday goes, obviously one of the biggest headlines, more than likely, Bill Belichick's last game with New England. It's going to be interesting to yeah. see if there's an announcement of where he's going to go or if he's going to take some time <laughs> to think about it. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I feel like he's been the head coach for 24 seasons. Navy needs a coach. They, they definitely do. <laughs> But I feel like being the head coach for 24 seasons, the six championships that he and Robert Kraft won together, it sounds like the decision was made back in November, but they're not going to they're not going to coin it as a firing. I think it's going to be either a I think it's going to be a mutual parting of ways. Yeah. And obviously there's tons of teams lined up for him, Washington, the Chargers, there's talk about maybe Carolina or Atlanta. I don't know, maybe maybe it might be Washington, I'm not sure. And of course it's funny, Jim Harbaugh, possibly the, the biggest night of his coaching career Monday night, the national championship against Washington, and there's already talk about the Raiders wanting him and the Chargers wanting him. So it's going to be an exciting weekend of football for sure, Rob. Absolutely. Thanks for the breakdown there, Jake. It's uh, 541, time for traffic and weather. And thank you, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Data Internet. 81 is looking pretty good. No problems to report from the New York border to Hazleton. It doesn't look too bad. Also on 476, the PA Turnpike, 380, 84, or 80. Um, we do have heavy traffic on Highland Park Boulevard in Wilkesbury and on North Main Ave in both Taylor and Scranton. You will run into some heavy volumes of traffic. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, increasing clouds, low 24. Tomorrow, snow moves in anytime between 11 and 1. Heavy at times, 
four to eight inches, eight to 12 inches. That seems to be where the, the go-to is. East of Scranton, all the way up north, the east side of Lackawanna County, you're looking at uh, more in the eight to 12 inch range, four to eight inches west of Scranton and west of uh, 81. I'd say that'd be safe to say looking at the map. Sunday, the snow tapers off around one or two, high of 37. Just be prepared. Stay home. Don't be out on the road. Watch football, like Jake said. Uh, Lorraine, I'll get to you in a second when we get back. It's 543, 31 degrees and mostly clear outside. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio on this Friday, January 5th, 2024. 31 degrees and mostly clear outside, 546. Let's go to the phones. We have Lorraine from Hazleton with a poem. Lorraine, how are you? Oh, hanging in. How are you? Well, at least you, you're at least you're consistent with your hanging in, but I think you're being Dad. kind to us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm consistent, all right. <laughs> I'll let you know when I'm inconsistent. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. We, we might not be able to put that on the air. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you're not going to put this on the air either. And no, my we will. Poem, no, my we will. Poem What's the poem about? <laughs> my childhood. Notice the emphasis on childhood snow day memories. Not today's horrors. <laughs> yeah. Things, oh, things well, do yeah. change as we get older when it comes to snow, doesn't it? Yeah, well, you'll hear as I trudge throughout my poem here <laughs> or trudge through the poem whatever you want I can't even talk right now okay my thoughts go back to days gone by especially the winters of long ago I could almost feel each carefully planned step as I trudged through the deep fluffy snow there were no specific plans as I headed out to play it could have been trying to create a special snowman or simply going for a ride on my sleigh. There were huge mounds of snow everywhere, and I looked for the tallest pile. I would start to climb higher and higher, then suddenly jump down after a little while. Everyone enjoyed the snow when we were young. Nobody ever seemed to mind it at all. As years go by, we try harder to avoid it in order to prevent a nasty fall. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. That's uh, about and, it. And, and, I, and I've taken too many of those nasty falls. Hopefully I don't. I got <laughs> this. I'm going to take it slow and steady. That's what I have to do. It's just uh, my wife and I, and our backs aren't the best anymore. So. Uh. Nothing's the best on me. I, I, I asked Jake, I said, Jake, when you come up and shovel my snow, I'll give you two bucks. I said, maybe you could share it with Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh, sh I'm sure we could find someone to help. You don't have to clear your own sidewalks, do you, or anything like that? <laughs> I You know, I was asked that this morning, but no, I, well, I can't clean them, but no, I'm not provided that courtesy. Oh, is there someone? Do you, do you is it a, is there a responsibility for you to clear? Do you, you're in your own house. Is it an apartment where somebody does it, or no, anything like that? No, nobody, nobody does it. No, I uh, only rent. But no, I'm not. I'm not lucky like that. The neighbors <laughs> don't come over and help you out. That's a shame. My my neighbor, my neighbor's uh, in her 80s, and I go and snowblow her her see, driveway see as that? well. See that? To get her out. Oh well, if anyone's out there and lives near Lorraine and Hazelton, go help <laughs> her out. 
you know, you know, Rob, I, you know, even neighbors aren't always what they used to be like years ago, you know? Yeah. It depends. It varies. It varies like everything else. I remember growing oh, up, growing up in New York City, we'd have snowstorms like this. Me yeah. and a group of my friends, we'd grab those shovels and go from place to place and you know, earn a buck here, a buck there, two bucks here. Mm. Every once in a while, yeah. you had that guy that gave you five bucks and it was the best <laughs> ever. You'd come home, you'd, you know, you'd have 30, 40 bucks, 50 bucks. And again, in the yeah. 70s, that was great, great money. Oh, sure. Sure. You don't see much of that anymore. So listen, if you're, if you're a family out there, if you've got teens in your house, get them out there with a shovel. No, I don't have teens in my house. Not you. <laughs> teens should go to your house to help you out. Oh, okay. I'm telling them to go from, uh, from, from place to place and see if somebody needs it. You know what? And don't even expect anything. Just do it because it's good to do. If someone has the extra money in their pocket, they want to give you something, I'm sure they will. But it's a good thing to do. You'll feel good after the fact. But um, hopefully, I, I don't go anywhere this weekend, Lorraine. Oh I think no, that's I, a, couldn't, I, I couldn't go if you're paying me. That's a give me. Uh, I'm not playing. I can go somewhere, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm getting home this evening, and I'm staying there till Sunday. Yeah, I might be until next. I don't know how many Sundays from now. No, it's supposed to be in the upper 40s on Tuesday and Wednesday, and uh, yeah, you know, but some, then there's my car. There's another dilemma. My car. Oh well. I'll cross that bridge. Maybe maybe we'll get the warm-up. The sun will be down and melt it slowly but surely, and then you see it falling down off the car. Is your car <laughs> in the driveway, or is it in the, on the, do you park it on the street? On the street, and then across the street, yeah, because, you know, it's it's on the opposite side, parking. But, oh, well. So then, the, And then when the plows come up, it plows onto the sidewalk higher and higher and higher. That it does. Don't you hate when that happens? Oh, that winter of '93! Oh my God, it was like Armageddon here, Snowmageddon. You couldn't, you couldn't even see across the street. It was scary, very scary. Yeah, we don't get snowstorms like we used to. Even this, I mean, you know, they're talking yeah. at most a foot. Um, hopefully, not too much in your area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't even pay to watch the weather cha- channel because you get more nervous. You know what I mean? Yeah, Hazleton, you're right on the border of that 6 to 8 inches and 8 to 12 inches as of right now. I know. They consider us the Poconos, but when you watch on the news, there's that fine line. They're saying east, more east, and then the Poconos, but then we're like in that 4 to 8 bracket when I'm looking. At you. So you don't know. Nobody knows nope. except the good, the good man above. Well, good man up above, blow it the other way, <laughs> blow it out. <laughs> oh, well. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Lorraine. I'm just. Oh, I thought you left town. Um, no, checking everything. <laughs> People are telling me PennDOT's already out spraying uh, the the pre-treatment. But again, it's it's yeah. the, the snow's supposed to start tomorrow, any anywhere between eleven and one, and it's supposed to snow yeah. all the way till about one or two o'clock the next afternoon. So, hopefully, yeah, well. uh, one of these good neighbors get to you and help you out. Wish I was closer, <laughs> but it's going to take me just much to get to you than it will be to get out of my driveway myself. <laughs> oh well. That's life. All right, Lorraine. Oh, well, you take it okay, easy this well. weekend. Thanks for the poem, snow poem. Perfect time, perfect timing for it. I appreciate yeah. checking in. Check in with us uh, next week. Let me know you're doing all right. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Lorraine. Okay, so long now. Bye-bye. And if again, if you're in the Hazleton area, you know where Lorraine is, go help her out. Give her a hand. Get a teenager out there or something. Again, I'll check on her on Monday or Tuesday, and if she's still buried in, we'll get something done. Um, 
the Chicago, before I wrap it up, I'm going to wrap it up shortly here for the weekend. The Chicago Board of Education reportedly is seeking to remove for police from schools this year. Chicago Board of Education, which uh, runs Chicago Public Schools, is uh, seeking to remove all school resources officers from the school. And this is something that's supported by their union. The, the Chicago's Teachers Union is basically the ones pushing this. And it's unbelievable that this is even being discussed. And uh, I'm trying to find the story on this now. Here are the posts from the Chicago Teachers Union on X. Police in schools shouldn't be like car or health insurance. We don't need to pay just in case we need it, especially not $33 million at the expense of other services. They also posted defund the police means defund the police. That's coming directly from the Chicago's Teachers Union on the message that the Chicago Board of Education reportedly seeking to remove school resources from this year. So, uh, yeah, Chicago Teachers Union Local 1 has been calling to defund the police and remove school resource officers for years. And I, I reposted that and said, Chicago teachers always couldn't care less, uh, always couldn't care less about your kids' education. Simply look at their test scores. But now they're endangering your children's lives for the sake of their own greed. Uh, They would rather the money be spent on their programs and higher salaries for them rather than the safety of the students. And if anyone needs a school resource officer, it's pretty much Chicago, I would think. Um, Talk about uh, far-sightedness, not looking, not seeing the trees beyond the forest or whatever they call those sayings. Uh, Silly move, especially what's, what's going on. School resource officers, no situation's perfect, but they have proven themselves valuable especially in areas like Chicago where it is pretty much the wild, wild west and uh, hopefully does not succeed. But it says uh, they're looking to do away with it and it's being pushed by their their teachers' union and the school board and the mayor and everyone else up there. This defund the police crowd seems to be going along with it. It's a shame because there are children involved here. If it was if it was an employer, it was teachers themselves and just their safety and the nonsense that's going out there. Sometimes you just have to shake your head with this nonsense that's going on. And uh, the story I talked about yesterday about the city council person talking about the police as the person resisted arrest, saying that it was a, an abuse and um by the police and such. Thankfully, the chief of the department, the chief of transit, have come out to support that officer and saying they were doing exactly what they were trained to do. Um, it's 5.56 here at WILK. We'll be back to close out the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio for this Friday, January 5th, 2024. It's funny. My, my friend, my good friend Carl Higby is a Navy SEAL or was a Navy SEAL, formerly a Navy SEAL, now has his own show on Newsmax TV, just posted a picture of the uh, First Lady and the President showing up to Valley Forge. And Joe Biden is wearing a black, you know, knee-length trench coat, uh, you know, wool coat. And the First Lady is wearing a red ankle-length wool coat. And uh, he wrote, So Flotus wore a red coat to Valley Forge, with the meme of someone smacking themselves in the face. So the First Lady wore a red coat to Valley Forge for today's speech down there. 
Somebody said, Rob, in March of 2017, we had 33 inches of snow in one snowfall. I remember that. My kids were almost snowed in. He was up here from the Naval Academy on spring break, and we had to dig the cars out so he can go back. Um, another person says, wow, in a time we need more officers, that goes to show that they look at their our kids as products that they really care about. Yep, kind of proves that. That's it. God bless. Be safe. And we will see you on Monday.